This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers ne- Network. Uh, talking college basketball. Let's get some winners from Greg Waddell. Greg Waddell from the Field of 68, our Bet Rivers group. And man, nobody digs into college basketball like these guys. Follow him on Twitter at GWizzy12. And, you know, our uh, branding team at Bet Rivers went long and hard. Gee whizzy Wednesdays. Uh, Greg, thanks, man. Welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. and uh, It's a great slate on this Wednesday. I don't know that we get great slates every Wednesday, but to start this off, this little segment with uh, the slate we've got today, that's a real good time to start this up. Got some Big Ten, ACC, SEC, some uh, some, uh, um, uh, Big East, some American, yeah, and and one a uh, little uh, Pac-12 game, but yeah, we're usually going to have a nice card to choose from. Greg is an early sleeper, so three of uh, four of his five picks today are at seven Eastern starts. So we're going to get you to bed uh, early. He does have that Big Ten Network doubleheader, and let's start off with Penn State against Indiana. Good team in Penn State. Uh, they are a good team this year in Indiana. I mean, are we still dealing with Indiana branding? built into some of these lines and man they all go up and down and you know we were watching the game last Thursday night and they're blasting Iowa by 20 I'm like yeah but this team boy they find ways to blow leads and sure enough uh, they blew it uh, against uh, Iowa so this is a seven o'clock tip off on the big the first of two on the Big Ten Network playing in Happy Valley the Nittany Lions are two at home against Indiana yeah I like Penn State here and it might sound a little off. I feel like just uh, whatever whatever side you're on here, you feel a little uneasy about until you dive a little deeper into the numbers. And that's what led me to Penn State here. They lost two straight over the last week, but they are 8-1 and one in true home games on the season. They're 2-1 and one against top 100 teams there. And Indiana's just fallen apart. I mean, they've lost Xavier Johnson, their point guard, who really stirred the drink for them. A lot has to fall on the shoulders of Jalen Huchifino, their freshman guard now. And he's much better in a complimentary role. If he can kind of just seek out scoring opportunities, he's trying to run the entire show right now. I don't know that he's ready for that type of role. And the last game, or, or two games ago for them, they're up 20 points on the road against Iowa. kind of feels like it's this galvanizing win for them that they really need. And then Race Thompson, their power forward, goes down. He doesn't return to that game. They blow the 20-point lead. Iowa storms back, went on something like a 30-4 to run over the second half of that game. And then that carried into the next game. You see them lose at Iowa. They drop a ball at home to Northwestern. And if you are a team that wants to make the NCAA tournament, 
you can't lose at home to Northwestern. And that's exactly what Indiana just did. I think this team has just totally fallen apart. It shouldn't be that surprising if we're being honest about it. They're down two starters. And I think a lot of people praised them early in the season for having all this talent. That's sort of fallen wayside when you lose two of your key pieces. One of my favorite stats in the sport, I come back to it every time Indiana plays a road game. Trace Jackson Davis, in his four years at Indiana, 5-26 and 26 outright on the money line versus top 100 teams away from home. This guy does not win. And I want to put it all on him. This program does not win road games against good teams often. Uh, I think Penn State is good enough to get this job done and to cover the two and a half at home tonight. You know, you're talking about that Indiana-Iowa game last Thursday night, a 21-point lead by Indiana at one point. And it wasn't like they called them with two and a half minutes to go. Uh, it was 61-61 to 12-18. I mean, it, you know, they, they cut it to one with 13.35 and then uh, took the lead with 11 and a half minutes to go. It was just, I mean, uh, a massive comeback, a quick comeback. So, yeah, and Indiana is always, and, and it seems like the odds makers, and maybe there's the, the betting public, and I know the, 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 the biggest accomplishments in this program are way, way in the past, but, you know, they do have a lot of support. They do have a big budget. You know, one of the top five budgets in uh, college basketball. And anytime they show a, any type of sign, man, they inflate those numbers up uh, considerably. So, bucking the brand right there. Penn State minus a two. I like the way they play. It was a wild game at Ann Arbor last Wednesday night as well where uh, Michigan went on a 14 nothing run. Then they went on a 11 nothing run. So, it was a real wild game at the end. And Michigan played well uh, in that game also. SEC country. All right, Greg, let's see what you got here. Bama and Arkansas. This game is now a pick'em uh, at Bet Rivers. Minus 109 either way. 7 o'clock tip on ESPN2. Bama coming off that blasting of Kentucky. Ooh, we might get to that a little bit later as well. They're, on, they're a little restless in uh, Lexington right now, to say the least. Bama and Arkansas. Yeah, the more than a little restless. We uh, On the Field of 68 After Dark show last night, we had Tyler Hansbrough on, and I think for about 40 minutes we just sat there talking about if Cal was cooked in this job. And uh, But look, this, this pick is not about Kentucky, although I'd love to sit here and talk more about them. It's about Alabama. They're playing better than any team in the country right now. We talk about how wide open this year in college basketball is, a bunch of teams that could come up and steal it. Maybe if Alabama plays to their peak consistently the rest of the season, maybe it's not as wide open as we think. They've got four straight wins by double digits. Uh, every game they've been playing at home, they've been winning by 20-plus. They went on the road last week uh, against Mississippi State, won by 11 points, and that's a pretty good Mississippi State team. Their only two losses on this entire season are UConn and Gonzaga, and Gonzaga's had their fair share of troubles here and there. Um, but, I mean, to me, those are two teams that are pretty close to the elite level as it pertains to this season in college basketball. And Alabama's just sort of held serve. Arkansas, on the other hand, uh, they've had their ups and downs. Again, another team that's had injury concerns. They lost Trayvon Brazil um, pretty early in the season, and they've had to adjust since. It seems like their stud freshman, Nick Smith, just might never return at this point for them. And you know, I, I get you got to shut it down. You got to protect the, the NBA future and all of that. But that can have an impact on a locker room a little bit. And I think we're sort of seeing that with Arkansas. They haven't won 
against the best teams they've played. That's my biggest problem with them. They're 0-2 this season against top 20 teams. Lost to Creighton uh, back in the Maui Invitational. And then just lost by uh, 13 points at Auburn. And uh, Auburn's top 20 in Ken Palm, but... I'm a little surprised by that. I haven't been very impressed eye test-wise when I watched that team. I would have expected a team with the talent Arkansas has to at least keep that one close. It ended up being a real ugly game. And I just think the way these teams are trending right now, you talk about form. Alabama may be the best in the country. Arkansas really spotty. Um, you could make the argument like, okay, this is one you got to buy the the return, the bounce back for Arkansas. But I'm just going to trust what I've seen and that's Alabama being the class of the SEC and a team that's more than capable of going on the road to Arkansas and just beating a team that they are flat out better than. So I'll take Bama as a pick in this spot. It's, it's brave normally because that is a tough place to win normally uh, in Fayetteville. Uh, but some of the things you talked about. Now, did they have those players available in Maui? Now, look, in beat Louisville, they're, they're garbage. We know that. But that Creighton game was a high-level game, Greg. And also the San Diego State game was a very good game. That's a good team. Were those players available? I, I, jog my memory for me uh, in Bra- Maui. Brazil was. Brazil was playing about 30 minutes for them back in Maui. Um, uh-huh. And so that's the big difference. They still didn't have the freshman guard, Nick Smith. But, um, I mean, for the team, for a team that plays the way Arkansas plays, pretty physical, kind of up and down, flying around, it just even having one extra body matters. And Brazil was a guy who really unlocked a lot of things for them. The other thing I would just add, like uh, on paper, I'm with you. When I watch those games, I'm like, these are some of the best teams in the country. This is high level basketball. But now two months later, you look back. Right. I mean, Creighton's probably going to miss the NCAA tournament. And we've got more on them in just a little bit. Uh, San Diego State even has dropped games to pretty much any top 25 team they've played this season. So I... I'm just kind of looking at Arkansas's resume sideways, and maybe I'm being a, a, a novice here. Maybe this is where they get the big resume win, but I have a hard time pinpointing anything that Arkansas as a team does better than Alabama right now. And uh, without seeing Arkansas kind of go out and do it, I'm not going to side with them until we see it. Yeah, and the, and the loss to Auburn. Auburn's not a top 20 team. Uh, no. There's there's no way, uh, with uh, especially Lucian Smith. Um, and the uh, the big shot blocker for uh, Kessler uh, from uh, the, playing with the Jazz right now. So Bama at a pick right now uh, in Fayetteville. All right, the second half of that Big Ten Network doubleheader. Uh, Rutgers one and a half over Northwestern in Evanston. Used to be that Rutgers was on that scrappy team at the rack. Now the Jersey Mike, the Po' Boy Dome. Uh, but now, man, uh, look out. How good is this Rutgers team? I think they're really good. I mean, Ken Palm's got them 16th in the country, and I I don't want to just go, you know, black and white. We follow what Ken Palm tells us, but you look at any sort of advanced efficiency margin metrics conversation here, whether it's Bartorvik, whether it's Evan Miyakawa, whether it's Ken Palm, all of them love Rutgers. All of them have Rutgers in the top three in the Big Ten, top 20 nationally. Uh, I believe up until uh, their last game against Iowa, they had been playing like a top five team in the country for the prior month before that. Now, they did drop a game at Jersey Mike's at the rack to Iowa. That's pretty unheard of, uh, which makes me feel like they are going to bring their A game in this spot against a Northwestern team that, you know, the the metrics kind of like, too. It's weird. I, I've watched enough Northwestern to at least 
you know, feel confident that this team isn't much different than past Northwestern teams, even if their resume tells us that they've been better thus far. Uh, I think they've had a fortunate schedule thus far through Big Ten play a little bit. They caught Indiana at the right time when Indiana's just reeling. They caught Illinois at the right time when they had a lot of locker room problems and give them credit for winning those two games. But I think uh, if they play either of those teams a month from now, the result probably looks a little bit different. This Northwestern team, to me, um, they're 3-3. Three and three. They basically split against any of the teams they've played with a pulse this season. The problem is the better teams they've played have been pretty non-competitive losses, including a loss at home to Pittsburgh by 30 points, a loss at home to Ohio State by 16 points that was really a 25-plus point game for most of that game. So I, I really do think there's a difference in caliber between Rutgers this season and Northwestern. And I think for a Rutgers team that just dropped one, they should have won, and they know that. If they're going to contend in this conference, you got to go right back out and get it back. And I think it's it's the scheduled gift for them. Peichel's going to have them ready tonight. We'll take the Scarlet Knights. Rutgers minus the one and a half uh, at Northwestern tonight. So those are your top three picks, Penn State, Bama, Rutgers. But some opinions uh, on these. It's another 7 o'clock tip-off on FS1 in Cincinnati. Xavier, two and a half over Creighton. We talked about Creighton, and, man, they played so well in in Maui. Uh, That classic against Arkansas, they played a really good Arizona minus Saturday. Arizona team off their heels in the uh, finals uh, there. And then they went on a six-game losing streak, including losing at home to Nebraska. Some of my contacts in Omaha told me this team was loaded this year. Well, now they're trying to get back on track. Uh, They lost uh, at UConn on Saturday. Xavier, two and a half at home against the Blue Jays. Yeah, I I think that feels a little shallow to me. I'm going to rock with the Musketeers here and – Uh, I think that there's a lot of people who want to buy into Creighton. I was one of them. Preseason, I love this team. Through Maui, I love this team. Uh, They sustained the injury to Kalkbrenner. I mean, he's he's their best player by far. You can talk about how good all five starters are. The only one who's irreplaceable is Ryan Kalkbrenner, their center. And when they had that six-game losing streak, halfway through it, Kalkbrenner goes down, and you see it kind of bottom out. But it's... It's something I would caution because I think a lot of people who are Creighton believers can kind of write off this team's struggles and say, oh, it's just when Kalkbrenner's been out, they were bad. When he's on the court, we're a great team. I don't know that that's the case. I mean, they did lose at home to Nebraska by double digits with everybody healthy, including Kalkbrenner. So I still think the the preseason hype and just the buzz around this team is is sort of affecting these lines a little bit. Uh, to me, even with Calc, the only good team this team has beaten is Arkansas. And like you heard me a couple minutes ago, I'm still a little skeptical of exactly how good Arkansas is. Xavier, on the other hand, they've got uh, the sixth longest win streak in the country right now. Uh, they, they got the big win against UConn at home. They beat West Virginia comfortably at home as well, another top 25 team. And they've got the front court that can match up with Kalkbrenner. Fremantle's coming off, almost scoring 30 last game. Uh, Jack Nungy, Iowa transfer years ago, has really become a great player for them. 
And I don't think enough people are talking about the job Sean Miller's doing in his first year with this group, a group that's had all the talent in the world for years and sort of underachieved under the previous regime. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're playing like they've got something to prove. And uh, betting against Xavier when they're at home is not a profitable thing to do this season. It's a low number. I like the number. So we'll take Xavier minus two and a half. Muskies have won nine in a row, including five in a row in uh, conference play. And, you know, is sort of this it's, – it's a great program, but a stepping stone program for coaches. Now with Sean Miller's return, they have a guy that's maybe going to stay there, uh, you know, and be uh, kind of settled in. Uh, it's, he certainly should be uh, appreciative of them reaching out to him after the, uh, the bad publicity uh, out in Tucson. You know me, bad publicity in college <laughs> basketball and coaching. Who cares? Just win, okay? How did I don't know how Bill Self and the Jayhawks survived that uh, that two game but three game suspension early in the season. I just don't know how they survived it. Anyway, Duke and Pitt. Hey, Pitt and Clemson squared off on Saturday. Both teams were four zero in the league, undefeated, battle for first place. Uh, and this was back and forth, and Pitt had a lead, but Clemson hit a few shots, a classic 50-50 game, but Clemson pulls it out at the Peterson Event Center on Pitt's campus. Now Pitt tries to pick up the pieces and go to Cameron Indoor. Duke's 8.5 right now over Pitt. It's a 7 o'clock tip on ACC Network. Yeah, uh, I... I keep biting my tongue every time I say this out loud because it just, if you would have told me I'm saying this a year ago, I would just slap myself in the face. But I like this pit team. I, I've never <laughs> said that about a pit team in the last five years, but here we are. I think they're a team that gets up for big games. And I think that may have been part of what bit them over the weekend against Clemson. They, they were probably riding the highs a little bit of, you know, they just beat North Carolina. They just beat Virginia. They're starting to feel like, okay, we're contenders in this ACC. And then they have the classic letdown spot against Clemson. Uh, and again, a game they could have won very easily. They end up with a one-point loss. That's neither here nor there. The, the larger issue with me is that uh, I, I'm not understanding Duke as a true favorite in this conference right now. I think this team has a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, they, they brought in the number one recruiting class in the country. There's a lot of momentum for John Shire in his first year with that class. The problem is that class, looking back on it, is not nearly good enough to, to carry an entire team as the bulk of your production. I mean, Kyle Filipowski, he's a superstar. But the other freshmen they've got are not playing well. Dariq Whitehead has been really, really hard to trust. Uh, he hasn't even really cracked the starting lineup for this team Tyrese Proctor has been extremely inconsistent on the season and some of their other key contributors. I mean, no disrespect to these guys, but like Ryan Young is one of Duke's best players. And Ryan Young was Northwestern starting center for the last three seasons. And I mean, Northwestern's been horrible. Ryan Young's a good basketball player, but he's not a Duke Blue Devil caliber starting center for a, the type of teams we normally associate with them. So, you know, I think you're seeing this play out in results. And part of this has been Duke has really struggled on the road. You do give them credit. They have held serve at home thus far up till now, even if they haven't covered in all of these games. But I'm just seeing Duke go out against the middle of the pack of the ACC this year. Teams like Wake Forest, teams like NC State. And, you know, they've lost comfortably in those games on the road. 
They just survived at Boston College, a one-point win on the road. I just don't trust how Duke is playing right now. And, um, you know, I'd sort of look for a good number no matter who they're playing, let alone against a pit team that, like I said, I think they get up for big games. I think they have the talent. They have the chippiness, the edge to go out and be competitive in a spot like Cameron Indoor. Ken Palm, for what it's worth, likes this as a seven-point spread. So if you're getting this – Anywhere near nine, that feels like a, a pretty good spot for me to to rock with the underdog. We're looking at eight and a half uh, right now at Bet Rivers or with Pitt. Keep in mind that Bet Rivers does have the sliding scale. I'm a guy that five or less for sure. If it's under half point, I like to steal a half a point for an extra 10 cents. Is that something you uh, subscribe to too, Greg? Absolutely, yeah. It's one of my favorite things about betting with Bet Rivers, to be honest with you. So definitely encourage people to utilize that wherever you can. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, Pitt, I used to love those Pitt teams with Ben Holland and Jamie Dixon and Carl Krauser and Dewan Blair and those guys. And, you know, and they built it. I don't – have you been to the Peterson Event Center? That is I one of the fine – Oh, it's fine. I mean, it is one of the best views of campus. Courtside suites, not up, up, up there, but courtside suites that you see all the time. Well, they couldn't get them a win against Clemson on uh, Saturday. So, can we talk about Kentucky just for a minute? Just for a Absolutely. minute, I, I mean, mean to, to see to see people being escorted out because hey, I hope you go to Texas signs for South Carolina. Nineteen and a half point favorite last night and lose to South Carolina. South Carolina lost at home by forty plus on Saturday. I mean, they are coming apart at the seams with Coach Cal. Yeah, it's unheard of, truly. I mean, you you can't even really buy into any of the typical betting narratives I like to look at. Like, there is no such thing as a letdown spot against a team as poor as South Carolina has been this season. That's just a horrible loss. And, uh, you know, I think... I think this Kentucky team has talent, for sure. I mean, they brought back the National Player of the Year. But when you've got the National Player of the Year hitting the podium in the postgame and telling reporters that he's had to ask John Calipari to consider playing walk-ons, just anyone who will give better effort. I mean, that's that's a broken basketball team. And, you know, it's, it's not uncommon in this transfer portal era, in this NIL era, where I think we're seeing more locker room problems with some of the better programs in basketball than I can really ever remember in a season. But um, man, right now it seems like Cal is bringing a lot of these problems upon himself, whether it's with who he's choosing to play in the games, the the lineups with two bigs, with not enough shooters on the floor, or whether it's the, you know, the very clear open unhappiness with the fan base and his interest in the Texas job. It's not going to get any easier for this team. And I'm not sure they have the NBA talent that Cal has normally had. Where 100%, yeah. You know? Yeah, because if he's taken some of those previous recruiting classes and attached the returning national player of the year and Wheeler as well, I mean, he's, he's, he's started from fresh so many times. He doesn't have those guys. And so you wonder if uh, you know, the G League is getting a couple of them. You wonder if, how much is the, tri- uh, the NIL playing it a part of it. Um, so I guess everybody can pay their players, not just Kentucky now. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works, right? Even <laughs> yes, a little bit, huh? Greg Waddell from Field to 68 is top three picks again tonight. Penn State minus two at home against Indiana. Bama at a pick'em at Fayetteville. Rutgers minus one and a half at Northwestern. 
and then some leans on the Xavier minus two and a half and Pitt plus eight and a half. Follow him uh, at GWizzy12 at GWizzy12. GWizzy Wednesdays here as we throw around some college basketball every Wednesday. Also in the field of 68, Greg, tell them where to get all your stuff there as well. Y'all do a, a wonderful job. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, field of 68, it's at the Field of 68, I believe, on Twitter. Uh, we've got After Dark shows every single night of the college basketball season. I mentioned earlier we had Tyler Hansbro on last night, so some big names will come through and break down the sport for us. Uh, and then my personal is at GWizzy12. We've been going around doing a, a travel show across Big Ten Nation the last couple of weeks. We're headed to Champaign Friday night for Michigan State at Illinois. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, more importantly, I'm looking forward to next Wednesday, Jimmy. I'm counting down <laughs> until the next GWizzy Wednesday here. You're the best, brother. Appreciate it. For Greg Waddell, I'm Jimmy Ott here in the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.